Welcome to Beyond the Benefits. I'm Colleen Patterson, and I'm the Vice President of Employer Services and Compliance here at Savoy. And joining me for today's topic is Sarah Simpkins, who is our Senior Employer Services Specialist, and she specializes in ERISA. Thanks for joining me today, Sarah. Thanks for uh, having me, Colleen. I am so excited for our conversation today. I think that we're going to be uncovering something I would consider a little bit of a hidden gem. I think you're right. So the topic we have for today are the ERISA compliance calendars uh, that Savoy has created as a tool for our broker partners, and they can be found on the SavoyAssociates.com website um, under our marketing section. But what I wanted to do today, Sarah, is spend a little bit of time and kind of talking about what they are, how brokers can utilize them, because it's a tremendous tool that I know you spend a lot of time keeping up to date to make sure it has the most accurate information. So how about we get started with just simply explaining what the primary purpose of an ERISA compliance calendar is and really what's the significance for a company's employee benefit program? So the purpose of the ERISA compliance calendar is really to serve as a kind of general roadmap for everything an employer needs to know when it comes to how to be compliant. So for employers who really are just starting from zero and want to know where do I even begin? Or employers who maybe have a pretty good system going and they think they're pretty good with their compliance, but they just want to make sure all of the boxes are checked. Um, the ERISA compliance calendars are really the first place they should start. So it contains all of the big ticket items that an employer would want to keep in mind to make sure they're meeting all of their obligations under these various rules, such as ERISA and the ACA and a lot of other things that employers have to keep up with. Uh, so if an employer is offering benefits, they have to be meeting the items that are outlined in the compliance calendar that's appropriate to them, meaning either it's under 50 or over 50 and for fully insured or self-insured clients, which of course includes self-funded. I think um, one of the things you had mentioned there that's probably key is that this is helping you get started with compliance. And I think that's probably one of the questions that we get the most, which is this is such a big topic, compliance for employee benefits. How do I even start? So that is a great explanation of um, where and why to uh, uh, utilize these calendars. So as you're talking, one of the other questions that comes to mind is, well, what are some of the key events or deadlines that are to be included in a RISA compliance calendar and how do they contribute to maintaining compliance? So some of the big ones that I always like to highlight would be the ACA reporting deadlines, meaning for this year, on March 4th to get copies of your 1094 or 1095 forms to your employees and April 1st to get copies to the IRS and the New Jersey state reporting deadlines, which mirror the federal reporting deadlines, but of course they're specific to the state of New Jersey. And a lot of employers just completely forget that these requirements even apply to them because it doesn't just apply to employers located in New Jersey, but it applies to employers who hire residents of New Jersey. So this could be any employer anywhere in the country that has to meet these New Jersey reporting requirements. Uh, also, we like to remind employers about the transparency in coverage requirements that they have, the RxDC reporting, which is due uh, June 1st. And of course, these gag clause attestation requirements that are coming up. Um, these are the kind of hot ticket item that everybody's talking about right now. And you can see those on the calendars as well. So we, you know, as you can see, we like to keep these up to date. We keep them fresh. 
and we like to include all of the newest information on them. So you said some pretty big topics, transparency and coverage, RxDC reporting, ACA reporting for 1094 and 1095, as well as the state level requirement, gag clauses. So how do you keep this information up to date and ensure its accuracy? Is there a frequency that they're updated? So because regulation doesn't come out at a regular frequency, I wouldn't say these calendars are updated at a regular frequency. I would say they're updated regularly, period. Uh, so anytime we have a new regulation coming down the pipeline or something that employers need to be paying attention to, we jump on these calendars and we want to make sure that the most accurate information is on them at all times. So they're really kind of a living document. Um, we like to say to employers, you know, you can't just download all your calendars for the year and just use them. Um, you know, a calendar that was made 12 months ago might not have everything that happened in the last 12 months included in it. So we keep these calendars up to date. They are always fresh off the presses. Um, and you can always pull them off the website if you want to make sure that you have the most up-to-date one. Perfect. Thank you. So you spent a lot of time talking about its purpose, how they're useful for employers, and uh, how to utilize them to be able to create kind of a compliance roadmap, it sounds like what you're talking about. So from a broker's perspective, how can they use this tool to help them win business? And I know that we've got some instances where we've seen that, but what would you say to a broker that's just starting with these uh, calendars? How would you suggest they utilize them? So I think the number one way you can introduce this calendar to a client or a potential client is when they're considering renewing their benefits, put this calendar in front of them and say, you know, the calendar starts with a whole list of items that employers need to be aware of that aren't necessarily timely. So, you know, are you measuring your employees? Do you have certain documents in place before the playing year starts? There's all these things that aren't necessarily tied to a specific time of year, but need to be done before the plan is implemented or while the plan is running. So this is the first thing we list on the compliance calendar. And you can put that in front of your in potential employer client and say, is your broker doing these things for you? Um, I, I have so many examples of brokers who, you know, just mentioning even the most basic things on these compliance calendars, like your ERISA documents or your Form 5500, and then getting into the complicated things like these gag clause attestation uh, requirements. This is something that you can put in front of an employer and let them know, you know, we don't just know one thing that you're maybe missing. We're aware of everything you need to do and we're that total solution for you. So this is something that makes you look very well presented and like you're really on top of these compliance items to an employer who is probably going to feel lost when it comes to compliance. Uh, it's such a huge topic and there's so many things an employer needs to do. Really just having something that simplifies it and they can just cross off the items as they get to them is really helpful for them. We do like our checklist and compliance, I must say. <laughs> so this is a great tool for that. So Sarah, thank you so much for spending the time with us this afternoon and going through uh, the ERISA compliance calendars and how best to utilize them. That's going to wrap things up for us for this episode of Beyond the Benefits. Um, as always, please be sure to check out all the resources on our website at SavoyAssociates.com. Sarah, thank you again.